hadith on Merka Sahaba online radio. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, esteemed listeners. Wherever you may be in the world, we welcome you to this segment, and it is Riyadu Salihin, the gardens of the righteous, the gardens of the pious. May Allah accept us. Allahumma j'alna minal maqbooleen. May Allah make us from those who are accepted. Allahumma j'alna minal maqbooleen. As we know that Sunday night, insha'Allah, here in South Africa, as a reminder we say this, that the 15th night of Shaban will dawn upon us, and this will be on the 15th night um, after Maghrib on Sunday night, the date is the 25th of February and the 25th of February 2024. Other parts of the world, you're looking at Saudi Arabia, it's going to be on the Saturday, just the day before that. That's the 24th of February 2024. So after Maghrib on Saturday, those countries, wherever you may be, where the moon has been spotted a day earlier for the month of Shaban, so then you must be cognizant of the time then. So yesterday we spoke on various aspects and we said the importance of this night. And we're going to stress more about it uh, just in a little bit of a... We're just going to do our hadith quickly and then not quickly, not rush through it meaning. But we want to give uh, emphasis to that as well. So we're going to focus on that a little bit now. And the importance of the night of 15th of Shaban. And we're just going to touch on one particular aspect which many of us are very guilty of. So we need to just address these issues. Come to Hadith 428. It is the chapter Babur Raja, chapter 51, the chapter on hope. And we turn here, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma alamdana inna kantal alimul hakim. Rabbish rahli sadri wa yasirli amri wahlul uqtatam millisani yafkahu kauli. Rabbi habli hukma wal hikni bisalihin wa jaalli lisana sidqin fil akhirin. Now, wa an anasin radiallahu an. الرسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم حضرت انس رضي الله عنه narrates that Nabi Kareem Mustafa صلى الله عليه وسلم says or said now we must say صلى الله عليه وسلم so we can also reap some benefits قال now just as an introduction what happens to those non-Muslims who are there is differences amongst themselves so some are good non-Muslims. Doesn't mean good here means that they are Muslim. And does not mean they are good that once they pass away, we can't judge them. They passed away on Kufr that has become clear to us. That is, they won't be buried in the Muslim cemetery. right? So they were a good person, but they passed away without Iman. This means that they cannot be good anymore. If they had such good character, then Allah Azawajal, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala willed, that that character would have led them to Islam. But the rejection of it has not led them to Islam. Therefore, it does not mean that we cannot judge them. We will judge them. And of course you're judging them because just the mere fact that you are not putting them in the Muslim cemetery 
that is already telling us that these are not Muslims. So that doesn't work because you get these sly characters who are constantly striving to, to draw that relationship between Islam, the beauty of Iman and Kufr. It will never ever work. The mere one name of the Quran Sharif, Al-Furqan, the separator of Haq and Batil is one name of the Quran Sharif. It is a chapter of the Quran Sharif as well, Al-Furqan. The, sep- the decider between Haq and Batil. Read it and you'll see. This is Haq, this is Batil, the beauty of the Quran Sharif. Anyway, so my question to you here is, and we'll answer it, so it's just hypothetical, that what happens to those non-Muslims who they made effort to be good in their dealings, they were trustable, with their relationships with Muslims, with the rest, they were good, they didn't harm anybody. You get these people. And sadly so, you also get Muslims who say, we believe, I've heard this, we believe that, you know, you don't have to perform salah. You don't have to. You just got to be a good person. That's ultimately it. That's already a rejection of so much. So we don't want to label this one kafir and this one this. But if you make certain statements, then you put yourself into kufr. We don't label People, if you say this, this is the ramifications of it. Anyhow, let's focus. What happens to those non-believers who are good? They're trustable. You can do business with them. right? So we can always draw this contrast. We can always draw similarities. Or we can even, even say that, look, the disbelievers on this, they are using Islamic principles. Take the 25th of every month where we pay the employees. You'll find non-Muslim organizations practicing upon this. They've taken, extracted principles and they use it then for their ways because they realize their success in this. But they are not. that does not make them Muslim. Iman is vital. You've got to have Iman. That is prerequisite to good actions. But what happens? No iman but good. What happens to such people? Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa answers it in this hadith. Qal, Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa says, Inna al-kafira idha amila hasana When a kafir he does a good action, Ut'ima biha tu'matam min dunya He will be he receives sustenance in return for it in this world. He will be granted sustenance in return for it in this world. How much does this not uh, serve as a reply to? It serves as a reply. It serves as a reply to say that we raise this question constantly. Take the rogue regime terrorizing our children in Palestine, mothers, and the entire ummah. One man, Muslim man, he got so frustrated, he came on one of these airwaves, one of these radio stations, and he said, we're only worried about the women and the children, but the men also are suffering. What about the men? Nobody's speaking about the men who are suffering. Well, we say, you know, of course, we are men. So we tend to deal with these things better 
But now because men have become like women, so we have to also consider the fact that this is the real case. Men now, the Palestinian men, they, not, they are not worried. We spoke to a few of them. They said, we want death. And here you're screaming and saying, about this, arguing why people aren't speaking about the men. Of course, the men are part of it. But when you want to draw, when you, you see how they work on emotions. You know when they came out with that, Hamas had beheaded 40 babies, all cooked up stories. But they wanted to catch the attention of people. Yeah, this is a reality. They are bombing our children, depriving them. If they're going for food, just to collect food, they make sure they malnourish them. They make sure they bomb them. They make sure they kill them. This is how they operate. It's a reality. Everybody knows this, the whole world. The non-Muslims yesterday in San Francisco, in the U.S., people came out in thousands, non-Muslims marching. We're not saying Muslims, you go march. Leave this for them. But they are marching because they have that, imagine they have more gheera than the Muslim leaders, so-called inverted commas, in the Arab nations. You can just understand this well, I'm sure. So, the question comes in about how is the rogue regime still serving? Israel is the fourth powerful in terms of military power. We say take the military power and all of that. Hamas is still giving them a good whacking, a good hiding, and they are admitting it. They are totally admitting it. It's gone out in the news. And today's news, in fact, if you read, it said that the Israeli military has admitted they have not, they have not brought down many of the Hamas battalions still. Up until now, Yes, it. Israel's military has admitted that it has not defeated all four Hamas battalions active in the central Gaza Strip, and the rogue regime terrorists sustained casualties in at least attacks launched by Palestinian Mujahideen in the Zaytun area of the Gaza city in the north of, of the territory. U.S.-based think tanks, the Institute for the Study of War and Critical Threats Project, also reported that Palestinian Mujahideen targeted, imagine 100, over 138 days now, and they are still in attack mode. This is the Mujahideen. They have not, they have not weakened them. Where are they getting the strength from? It's just a miracle on its own. So, they have reported that the Mujahideen targeted Israeli infantry and armor in Zaytun with mortars, rocket-propelled grenades, RPGs, and explosively formed penetrators. So this is what all is taking place. If you look at southern Khan Yunus, fighting continues to rage with Palestinian Mujahideen, ambushing apartheid Israeli terrorists and soldiers and attacking with thermobaric rockets, RPGs, and small arms accordingly in the, in the latest ISW and CTP battlefield. This is all that has been mentioned. So this is where we said that question comes in. But these are referring to people who are good. Allah Zawajal, for these people, the, the rogue terrorists, we gradually entice them, we bring them, spur them on to a point that they don't know. Then Allah Zawajal strikes and that, that punishment then becomes very severe. What happens, we said, to this kafir who is a good person? 
He has good he has good qualities and he helps. You get certain not all, you get certain Jews who help Muslims in certain things, and they say that what Israel is doing is wrong. So these people you've you've seen over this period of time how many of their leaders also came out and spoke, said this is wrong. If you look today also, just one more point of note, the military's highest legal officer, Yifat Tumar. Yerushlami, it's a, in fact a female, she said some of these cases cross the criminal threshold and the conduct of Israel, Israeli soldiers in the Gaza Strip has crossed the, the criminal threshold. It's gone beyond. And they have encountered cases of unacceptable conduct, she says this here. So I'm saying to you, what happens to those non-Muslims who do good actions? Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Ut'ima biha tu'matan min dunya They will be granted, he will, they will receive sustenance. They will be, he will, he receives sustenance in return for it in this world. If you look at the grammar that has been used, tu'matan, just a little bit, min dunya just a, a little bit of sustenance in lieu of that goodness. Wa ammal mu'minu. As for with regards to the mu'min, for inna Allah Taala yadakhiru lahu hasanatihi fil akhirah, that he, as for a believer, Allah Azawajal stores his good deeds for him in the year after. So if you see here, Allah Azawajal is mentioning to you the akhirah first before the dunya, because preference must be given at all given times to the akhirah. Al kaysu mandana nafsa wa amila lima baad al maut. An intelligent person is one who. He checks himself, he introspects, and he does actions for the year after, for the life after death. We come back to this hadith. And also rewards him with sustenance in this world because of his obedience. Coming to this where Imam Nawawi rahmatullahi is also included. Allah does not wrong a believer for doing a good deed. He's given something for it in this world. He's, be, he's given something. So first, he's been given something for it in this world. And rewarded for it in the year after. With regards to the kafir, he will receive sustenance in this world for the good deeds which he did for Allah so that Hatta Ida Afba Ilakhira so that when he reaches so he does this good deeds which he did for Allah so that when he reaches the year after Lam Yakullahu Hasanatun Yujzabiha he will have no good deeds for which he is to be rewarded there. There's nothing that can he can he can claim because he's rewarded in this world. One question you may ask, and we'll sort of end off on this, is that um, how did he do things for the pleasure of Allah? He's a kafir. Well, you get certain people, non-Muslims, they say we believe in Allah, but together with that, they attach a son to Allah. So they did sort of do it for Allah, but because they also attach the belief that Allah has a son, or that all these false beliefs, so you take the kufar shia they say we do things for the pleasure of allah so for them in this world they'll get their rewards after that don't claim anything because you rejected all the major sahaba radiyallahu anhum in fact any sahabi 
if you reject. But the fact that you reject certain Sahaba, you reject the Quran Sharif. And when you reject the Quran Sharif already on that basis, you are out of the fall of Islam, which they have claimed in so many places. Now, just one more aspect which we said we're going to discuss quickly, and that is the 15th night of Shaban. Remember, Nabi Karim Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa had mentioned that to break family ties, akbarul kabair, with your, your parents especially. Uquq yazitya, the narration, if you go back to Hadith 336, Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa said, Ala unabbiukum bi akbaril kabair. Shall I not inform you of the worst of major, major sins, the most heinous of, of major sins? And Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa said this three times, Ala unabbiukum bi akbaril kabair, three times. Qulna, we said, yes, please tell us, Ya Rasulullah, why not, Ya Rasulullah? Qal, Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa said, Al-ishraku billah wa uququl walidain. To associate partners with Allah and as well as to disobey parents. This year, the Bikrim Sallallahu mentioned this year. So, important before the 15th night of Shaban, go to your parents and ask them for forgiveness. Many of us are guilty of many, many crimes, especially with our parents and especially of being vulgar with them and using all derogatory words against them, speaking to them disrespectfully. Go and sit by their feet and say, make me maaf. And don't just use lip service, auspicious night messages. Literally mean it and also write a letter. Do what you can. Take a gift and say, forgive me. Forgive me. And make an, a concerted effort then to respect our parents from now until we pass away. Rabbirhamhuma kama rabbayani sagheera. Hadith on Merka Sahaba Online Radio.